Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harshberger, President of Measurable Results LLC and martinharshberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest in our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com slash apply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to Manufacturing Supply Chain CEOs. We have another great episode in store for you today. Joining us from Sao Paulo, Brazil, we have our very special guest, Carlos Barons of Endress and Hauser Group. And you can find out more about Carlos and his company at endress.com. That's E-N-D-R-E-S-S.com. Carlos, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much, Mike, for the invitation. I'm really looking forward for our conversation now. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Um, was looking at your LinkedIn profile. Uh, you've got quite an extensive history, um, especially with the company that you're with now. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little more about yourself and your background? I'm chemical engineering. I was born in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. I started to work in the industrial automation industry, uh, particularly at the beginning, more in the engineering, later in the sales area. Then I moved to Chile, also spent seven years living in Chile in the industrial automation industry again. And then roughly 20 years ago, I moved to Sao Paulo, uh, where I'm living since then. Uh, all, all this time related to the industrial automation industry, so roughly 30 plus years of career in that area. Awesome, very cool. Um, have you lived anywhere outside of South America? No, lived uh, only in, in Argentina, Brazil, and, and, and Chile. Uh, but because of my job, I have frequent visits to many countries uh, in South America, in America, so also to, to Europe. Uh, and, and all that, let's say, west side of the world. I had in the past, pre-COVID, very, very frequently traveled to all these countries. So, but, but not living. Awesome. Um, well, with that, why don't you get into a little bit more about what Endress and Hauser Group does? And uh, yeah, tell our listeners... Um, what it is that you you guys do? Perfect. Uh, and I, I could start by saying, if you had a beer today, you uh, uh, drink a beer that was somehow produced using our devices. Awesome. But we do is industrial automation, and particularly we are highly focused also in the measurement devices. So any industry where you have to measure flow, pressure, temperatures, these kind of things, we are leaders in those industries. Plus, uh, we are extending our competences to the cloud area to provide services to customers using cloud um, technology related, again, to the measurement of the physical and chemical variables in their plants. So think about oil refinery, think about beer production, think about milk processing, think about painting, manufacturing, everywhere that you have liquid, solids, or uh, gases that needs to be measured, we are in somehow there. Any customer you can think, probably we are supplying them with the, the necessary devices they need for their production. And this is somehow this is our mission, to help our customers to produce their products, which normally uh, are related to this 
liquid gases, solids that need to be processed in the industry. Excellent. Um, and this is worldwide. You guys don't discriminate as to where you can uh, uh, have your devices out there, correct? Absolutely. Not at all. We are a global company. Our base is in Switzerland. Uh, it's still a family-owned company. We are 14,000 employees, uh, but still a family-owned company. And, uh, but from Switzerland, we really we support the whole, glo- uh, the whole world with uh, local subsidiaries and production sites. And I would, I would say presence in almost any country in the world and production in all continents. So we are really strong in, in, a, in a global footprint from there. And this is a necessity because many of our customers lay take, for example, and following the example of beer, which I know is something very popular for all of us. Sure. Today, if you have a beer from any of the big manufacturers, let's say Heineken or API, these guys are global and they expect from us a global support. So we need to be present. In the case of uh, API, we need to be present in Brazil. We need to be present in, in, in uh, South Africa. We need to be present in China and United States. Any of these big guys ha- expect us to be able to support their production sites globally. So therefore, we have an extensive presence all around the world. That's amazing. Um, with all the struggles in the last 12 to 15 months, I know it's not over yet, especially there in Brazil. Um, what type of challenges? Uh, have you had to face personally and the company as well overcoming some of the obstacles that have been thrown at all of us? If we start talking about the health perspective, lucky we are in good shape. In general, we are in good shape. Particularly the, the colleagues that I work with in Brazil, in South America in general, we hadn't really, we had many cases, but most of them were really mild and the few of them that were more difficult, uh, people already go back home. So what was okay. Most of our job essentially is even remote in the sense that we can provide a lot of support to customers today using video conferences. When it comes to the ability to support our customers in terms of expertise of knowledge, we were able to bridge all this with what we are doing today, a lot of virtual communication. When it comes to production, we weren't really affected although for sure we were concerned at the beginning with all the shutdown that was happening worldwide in second quarter past year. But in general, really, we were not really much affected. And if I would say the big effect we had somehow that we are managing well, but still it's always something we need to be concerned at this, uh, it's amazing how much of the cargo that is transported worldwide, air freight, because of the kind of our products we use a lot air freight, it's amazing how much of air freight goes, of cargo goes in planes for people, for yeah. transportation, normal transportation. And all those flights are, are grounded today. So the capability of the companies to transport products by air freight was reduced to further distances like South America or even Australia or the south of Africa, these kind of areas. So we managed still to get our products in. We managed still to deliver to our customers. Uh, we need to transport worldwide uh, finished products when they are so specific, we cannot produce it in all countries. Or we need to transport, transport a lot of um, what we call raw material, electronic boards or this kind of stuff. And, and all this we do per air freight and we are facing uh, a yeah, significant reduction of the offering because the planes for people are not traveling and these were carrying over 50% of what was transported globally, depends on the region, uh-huh. but significant percentage. 
Lucky this was not any so far a problem. We were able to manage it, but we are always yeah. Let's say let, let's keep an eye on it to, to make sure we it stays this way. So all in all, we are uh, happy with the result. Past year for sure was not the best year ever. <laughs> it was not, but still we managed very well. And more important for us, we, we rely a lot on, on our people, fourteen thousand employees, and we were able to go through all this without any cost reduction that would take the, the form of firing people because of costs or things like that. Right. So all in all, I think we can be happy how we went through uh, this first, I would say, whole, hopefully already two-thirds of the pandemic. <laughs> but let's see how, how, how much it takes until we are in a normal life again. Right. Um, that's great. It's amazing that uh, you were able to pivot around some of these issues and, and like you said, not not lay anybody off or reduce, uh, um, you know, employment and compensation and stuff like that. So that's great. Always good to hear, especially the company of that size, uh, spread globally. Um, so getting into some of the issues that you did face with the planes being grounded, how do you think that's going to affect, uh, this, the rest of 2021 and 2022 looking forward? I would say in general, our main issue is not really too much in our production capability and our logistic capability. Our main issue essentially would be what happens with the market. Right. And this is what we need all to realize. For example, we saw certainly certain impacts in the oil and gas industry. We saw the oil and gas because we remember past year we have more or less at this time, one year ago, this incredible phenomenon of having a negative oil gas, the oil yeah. by price. It was something nobody could imagine. Right. And this for sure impacted the, the investments in the, the industry. Um, so we see we are we have to be attentive to what happens with our customers. And uh, yeah, today some people talk about this 90% of econ economy. If you are in the right part of the economy, life is more or less going on. I mean, we are also still uh, having our uh, need for food, need for water. If you are more related to health industry, even probably you are seeing even an increase, not even coming down. Yes. If you are more related to the show business, maybe it's a different thing. And most of our industry, most of the demands of our industry are related normally to what think, what, what people need normally. Let's say again, food, again, health, against all the chemical products that are needed in our life today. I would say what if, if I look at our customers' portfolio, perhaps the industry that was most affected is Surely oil and gas to a certain extent. Also the car makers. Uh, so the demands related to that also went uh, down. But significant part of our customers still needed uh, to continue their production because we, or the humanity, we all needed their products and we were able to go through them. So our main question for, for the rest one and a half year, uh, let's say that the pandemic takes, is really to monitor what happens in the different industries. Um, but really pretty much looking forward to a recovery. We, see also, we all see already some positive signs from the economy of the United States. And for sure, if the economy of the United States is doing well, this is good for the whole world. Sure. We see the same thing in China. So again, this helps everybody. I would say even if I look at South America, probably the way we are facing the pandemic, the, the, the delays in vaccination, all, all these kinds of issues, are affecting a little bit our business environment, but also we should pay attention a bit to the political scenario. I mean, several countries of South America, we face some political situations 
yes. where the governments are not in the best shape, not the most stable situation. Take, for example, Chile is solving very well, but still they are going now for elections to uh, change the constitution. So this always creates some, uh, okay, some doubts about how the future looks like. Uh, you have now the elections in Peru also with some unpredictable re result. In Brazil, we have all the questionings to the government. So I would say, looking forward to 20, the rest of 2021, 2022, uh, looking what our customers are doing, looking to the political scenario, if I think in South America, these are perhaps the most relevant elements. If I look more globally, more optimistic because really United States, China, several countries are already recovering and slowly we are going to, to, to bigger growth in, in the GDP and, and therefore a little bit, let's say, creation of wealth. Right. So I, I didn't even think of the geopolitical aspects of your company. Um, and uh, yeah, it's almost like a switch can go off and all of a sudden now you have all these other issues you have to deal with. Um, because somebody became president or somebody voted a certain way. And, and uh, so uh, how much do you think as your company, do you pay attention to those things? Um, I, I would imagine a lot more now than probably in the last year. Yes, certainly. Passier was more a question mark about, let's say, the, the big elements of the economy that uh, surely you always pay attention to polity, to the political environment. But certainly past year was, uh, particularly second quarter again, was kind of uh, uncharted waters. None of us really know how this would develop. None of us had experience on this. So how deep would be the problem? I think something we did very good um, was really to, to, to quickly move the people home uh, as long as the functions allowed that, as it was, was uh, over 80% of the employees. With one big thing in mind, connect to your customers. Take right. care of your customers. Fulfill our mission to help the customers to continue their productions. And, uh, and I think this was good because uh, we saw that some other companies that could have moved in the same direction. I'm not talking people that needs to be outside because they are producing. Those guys need to be outside. Right. But in functions that didn't need to be outside, we saw more hesitance in some competitors, in some customers. And there we saw people more concerned about health issues than concerned about what they were doing at their jobs. Right. And I think we move it very quickly and we help everybody to don't, don't, don't be afraid about all this. We will manage. We will go through this. It will demand flexibility to work from home. We have to learn all this virtual relationship that we are doing. Sure. But if we keep in mind our customers, we will go through this uh, okay. And this is what we did. Uh, and there, the political scenario was more in the second place. Right. We hadn't too much time to think about politics. Surely we, we were taking a little bit care and, and the evolution of the currency source is very important for us. But, but we were able to manage all that. As we were getting used to this uh, new way of working, Slowly, we, okay, political started to pop up again because also we expected things from the governments. What are they about to do in terms of legal framework for employees uh, considering all the scenario of homework? What are they going to do in terms of vaccination? What are they going to do in terms of support of all the people that was really, really losing the job? For example, all the people related to restaurants. 
So this was starting to take more, let's say, relevance, I would say more in the third or even fourth quarter past year. And now we are all used to this virtuality. So right. now all these elements, we are having elections in these moments in, in different countries. We are discussing things that go beyond the pandemic at the same time we have the pandemic. So this raises the attention to this question of political and how this can impact us in the future. Excellent. Um, I want to talk about it uh, on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, you've been at Endress and Hauser Group for over 20 years. Yeah, yeah, a lifetime almost. <laughs> a lifetime. Um, yeah, it pretty much is. Um, our show, Manufacturing Supply Chain CEOs, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. A lot of our guests are entrepreneurs and CEOs. Um, somebody like yourself that where you've been at a company for so long and you've achieved these different levels and milestones, um, can you kind of get into for some of our listeners what it took from you to get to point A? I don't want to say point B because there's a lot of points <laughs> in between. Um, but just kind of get get us in the mindset of what got you from where you were 20 years ago to where you are now. Well, yeah, I, I, I like my job. This is a thing, the first thing. But also I accept it over time and I embrace it that this changes over time also. So I started over 30 years ago as, as a young engineer, more in an engineer area. So okay. I was more designing the plants. Right. And, and then I got the, the opportunity to say, okay, let's move to sales. In our in, in engineering frame, uh, this is perhaps much a South American thing. I'm not so sure if United States is the same thing, but the people of engineering is a little bit reluctant to sales. Sure. Because sales is more commercial. It's something people doesn't like that much. But I said, this sounds interesting. And then I started to work in sales. And, and what I discovered is fantastic in my view, because I had the chance to understand a little bit better all the needs of our customers in their plants, perhaps not so deeply as when I was designing the plants, but much mm -hmm. wider, much more needs, much more opportunities of what can be done. So I learned that, all this was a, a, a really interesting process of knowing a lot of things, of, of knowing that a company is launching a new yogurt and you were helping the com that this company to produce that yogurt by supplying all the devices they needed for that. Sure. And from there, I was evolving. Uh, I was offered the chance to go to, to Chile to take over my first position of gen uh, as CEO, as, as a manager in, in the company. It was a very small company at that time. We were 20 persons. Our industry in general is not of big companies. We are one of the leaders globally, and we are 14,000 globally. So it's not, wow. not much for a global company. And then I learned also that if you surround yourself with people that has the same idea of, of helping others, of supporting them, of knowing, of, of loving also the technical stuff, it's a balance between loving this technical stuff, but also helping people. If you combine all these things, yeah, you can do really a very interesting job of helping others to overcome their production demands, to support them better. So with this, I was invited to move to Brazil. Uh, yeah, it's all in the same map, but you, you have to consider that in South America, moving from, from Santiago to, to from Santiago, Chile, to Sao Paulo in, in Brazil, it's a six-hour flight. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of, of long distance. Oh, sorry, six, not, not that much. It's a three-hour flight. Uh, so distance is a thing, but in Brazil also you see it's, it's the same thing. 
we train to split people and that uh, in that country they want that, in that country they want that other thing. And then people everywhere, customers everyone wants to be respected and want to be delivered good support to achieve their needs. Sure. And for sure, they will fight for the price because this is the, the game. But at the end, if you provide this help, if you provide this support, they will like your job everywhere. And I, I haven't found an exception to that. So, and this is something I like. So it was natural. And, and getting more people to do that and, and getting bigger. Today, we are in Brazil, all in all, in the company, we are over 150 employees. And essentially, when we do that, we produce the devices and we sell the devices, we support the customers so they can produce the beer, they can produce the painting, they can produce the oil, all these kind of things. And for this, they need our technical expertise that because it's something we like, we can deliver easily. So I would say for me, the important thing at the end is we like the things we do and we do it in a way that people appreciate our work at the end, in the way customers appreciate. The only way serious customers appreciate is when they send you a purchase order. (laughs) All the rest of ways of supporting is is not really enough. You need them to send the purchase order, but they do that. So they really appreciate what you're doing. So I I think for me, this this is doing something you like in a way that you can help others to achieve their own targets. In our case, by supporting them to produce their products with industrial automation products. all in all, in natural would be this. That's great. You're passionate about about what you do and uh, having customers. Uh, like you said, once you once that PO comes in, you you know you're doing something right. So exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, and therefore, uh, at the end, if, if you look at past year, which was a year that uh, yeah, we were not always able to grow in all places, but uh, essentially we were increasing our market share. I mean, if, if the market is shrinking and still you are able to hold your position, still you are doing this better than, than the others and customers still appreciate your support. So right. I, I think, uh, yeah. On a more personal note also, I, I'm pretty much a learner. I, I like to learn things. I like to identify new things we can do. I like to, to discuss with customers. It's, it's fantastic to have the chance to, today in, in the morning to speak to a person that is producing devices for a, uh, plans for a uh, um, food industry, and in the afternoon talking with a guy coming from the chemical industry, they all have different needs, and it's very interesting to understand all the dynamics that are behind this, how their challenges they are facing, how we can support them. So it's at the end, it's pretty much a, a people business among people that we are technically oriented. We, we can be hours discussing a technical feature of a device because on both sides we love that but always with the mindset that at the end it has to produce something to our customer. In our case, the, 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 the guy that is producing the device, the, 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 the product, also he, if he's producing beer, he at the end wants all of us drinking the beer. He also needs their customers right. to support that activity. Awesome. Um, I see some books on the shelf behind you. Uh, any, any books you'd recommend to uh, some of our listeners? Oh, they're, they're, okay. I would take one that for me was very important. It's not the most recent I read. It's actually a book roughly 10 years old already, but I, I strongly recommend this one to, I would say, almost anybody. It's called uh, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Peter Rammelt. Okay. And Good Strategy, Bad Strategy is fantastic because if you look at, at the business discussions, the most abused, overused word you can see today is strategy. 
everything is strategic, everything is strategic, and then you start to realize, okay, what is behind? What elements are forming your strategy? And what Peter Rammel does is really a very down-to-earth view of what a strategy must be, and to question how many things are around there that are called a strategy that are not, and somehow guide you in saying, okay, if I want to strategy, I have to have these elements, particularly Peter Rammel insists a lot, and I love that, the question of then the strategy is a, is a, a coherent set of actions. So you want to have, a, of course, you want to do something. Then you have a framework you want to do this. But then you have to come with the actions you intend to implement that all of them, if they are consistent, they are lead to that, you will have your strategy executed. And uh, in a moment when you hear sometimes that our strategy is to be a, a low-cost supplier or a high-premium supplier or, or whatever, and you say, wait, wait, wait a minute, that is just your aim. This is what you want to do. Now, the strategy, tell me how you intend to do that. And if you are very consistent in your actions, then I will believe you have a strategy. If you don't have these consistent actions, I would say, wait a minute, you don't have a strategy. Now, let's strategize that. So big recommendation from my side, good strategy, bad strategy strategy by Peter Rubin. Awesome. Excellent. Always love a good good book recommendation. Uh, Carlos, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, anything else you want to share with our listeners? Just uh, stay healthy in these difficult moments. Uh, I, I know some of our listeners may face that they may be related to, diff- to industries with more difficulties, like the show business. Others, we may, may be a little bit more in lack of uh, being in other industries that didn't suffer that much in this moment. At the end, we have to go through all this. Uh, so we have to make a reasonable balance between keeping our health in good conditions so we don't overcharge all the, the, the healthy systems in the world, but at the same time, keep the world right. This balance is that will make the difference in the long run. That would be on my side. Excellent. Health as well. Thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, good luck also with your podcast. Yes. And uh, you can find more about Carlos at endress.com. And again, I'd like to thank our guest, Carlos Barons of Endress and Hauser Group. And if you want to find out more information, it's endress.com, E-N-D-R-E-S-S.com. Carlos, thank you for being a great guest today. And we appreciate everyone listening. To all our listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode of Manufacturing Supply Chain CEOs. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. If you're a successful CEO in manufacturing or supply chain and would like to be part of the program, please visit www.martinharsberger.com apply. If you got some value out of the interview, please share it on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Also, if you know someone that would make a great guest, tag them and let them know about the show. Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger uh, or through my website, www.martinharsberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.